Broadcasting from Manhattan Beach and the World Wide Web, you're listening to chsrhealthylife.net. As a service to our listeners, this program is for general information and entertainment purposes only. chsrhealthylife.net does not recommend, endorse, or object to the views, products, or topics expressed or discussed by show hosts or their guests. We suggest you always consult with your own personal, medical, financial, or legal advisor. Get ready for Mind Shock with Dr. Ron Dalrymple, the premier podcast in the world, bringing you hidden truths about your mind's incredible powers. Get ready to free your mind. Everybody, it's Dr. Ron Dalrymple with Mind Shock, the show that takes you from the limits of your mind to the inner limits of your mind, the true final frontier. Our theme for this show is evolution of the supermind. Now, as much as you know, I began working at NASA at 17 years old, way back when, where we put people in space, which we called then the final frontier. But at 19 years old at NASA, I discovered a whole new idea, a whole new theory of the mind which said that the true final frontier is inner space, the exploration of the true powers of mind. So our mission is to take you to the true outer limits of inner space. Think about that, the outer limits of inner space. Our motto for this show is supermind, superbody, superspirit. There's a revolution now sweeping the world about who we are and what we are doing here, a total change of the old scientific theories and so forth. A mind revolution is changing everything. And whole new theories of the mind are being created, which turn old science, three-dimensional science, on its head. Now, today we have a super guest, Lawrence Duchin, author of a great book called A Book on Fear. Lawrence, Larry, how you doing? I'm doing well. Thank you so much for having me, Dr. Ron. Well, great to have you on the show. It's our pleasure. I read your book. Enjoyed it very much. I think you did a great job. Thank you. Talking about the fears and whatnot. And what we usually do is start with having you kind of go back and tell the audience where your idea came from for the book and how it all evolved to the point where it is today. Why don't we start with that? Sure. Well, I don't know that I chose to actually be an expert on fear. I don't know that anybody would necessarily choose that as a life vocation. That's not actually my life vocation, but it's, you know, something that I've had to deal with for a long time. And I trace that back to when I was, going through puberty, I was sexually abused by my mother, and so I came out of that experience with a lot of fear, also a lot of anger, guilt, shame, and so went through a long emotional and spiritual healing journey, and as part of that, I had to deal with a lot of fear and understand strategies to help with fear, and so I'd written several books, and then around August 2019, I I got inspired it was kind of like a download of all this information <clears throat> and i was told by a good friend that, that this needed to be another book and so i wasn't sure basically short story was it ended up being a book on fear i didn't know that initially but i i came to see that the best uh representation of it was to make it a book on fear <clears throat> and i was um, i consider myself as i say in the 
uh, preface of the book that I'm an expert on fear. I'm not a master yet because fear still pops its head up, but I consider that I've gone through a lot of fear, and I can certainly help others to deal with their fears. Mm-hmm. I think it's really great. I think it's very courageous what you've done to talk about your own history like that. It's a very, of course, often humiliating, embarrassing thing a person goes through, as you mentioned, has profound psychological consequences, produces you know, post-traumatic stress, at profound levels for the individual. It takes a lot of courage, a lot of strength on your part to put that out there and to offer to help the world based on your experience and what you've learned since then. Well, thank you for that. I appreciate that. For me, it's been a, at times, it's been a very hard journey, but it's also been an extremely rewarding journey because as you work off what is false within you, what is real is revealed. And so, and I think you understand that. I think your show is definitely, you know, obviously very spiritual-based, and so... Uh, what, what's within us is a diamond, and you know, and, and we are divine. And so, as we uncover what's false and let go of it, then that that diamond comes to the surface. And so, I had some kind of innate drive that I was blessed with that basically said, "You got to keep moving. You got to keep going. You got to keep going through this process," uh, because you know I could feel the dysfunction within me, but also I wanted to be. I really wanted to be the best, started off wanting to be the best husband and father that I could be. That was very important to me. And I wanted to stop some of the cycles that had happened to me, but I just wanted to be overall a much more kind, uh, non-fearful, non-depressed, non-angry person. And and so, you know, it's been a blessing for me. That's great. That's really great. So you took that negative experience or experiences and really built something really beautiful out of it, built a diamond out of it to share it with the world. That's great. Good for you. Yeah. I think well, thank you. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. No, I think go everybody ahead. admires that. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, I was, I was just going to say I know that, uh, you know, I think we're all, as you mentioned in, in the beginning of the show, we're, we're in very changing times. And so we're all being pushed to uh, both individually and collectively to see what, what does not serve us and to let go of those things. And so I just... You know, in some ways, maybe I went through the process a little bit sooner than others. Um, but I think that uh, right now we're all being asked to do that same process. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's, uh, again, a really powerful thing. What we've been finding, a lot of re- research coming out from many different authors that sexual abuse is extremely widespread, far more than what we realized before. It's been a worldwide phenomenon going back not just hundreds but perhaps thousands of years to antiquity. It's been suppressed and kept hidden by many societies for the obvious reason that many institutions have also covered it up for the obvious reasons and that uh, there's a worldwide phenomenon that must be dealt with and eradicated because of the damage it does to people. The presumption of, of someone to impose a will upon someone else who's young and innocent and can't defend themselves, of course, is especially egregious, especially in that form. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. So, yeah, yeah, absolutely. I, I think the latest I saw stats uh, a while ago that basically said that one out of four children is sexually abused, um, mm-hmm. and I don't know if it's that high or not, but I, I know it's a, it's a it is a very pervasive thing, and and you know it has tremendous ramifications on how on your self worth and how you see things because that child. Uh, Basically, we're like, as children, we're like sponges. But the problem is if the sponge is, is soaking up polluted water, then 
you know, that's what gets transferred, that conditioning gets transferred into how we do our uh, relationships and how we function as adults. And so there's a lot of people walking around with a lot of dysfunction, a lot of uh, non-authentic relationships, and a lot of pain, a lot of anger, a lot of grief, um, and a lot of fear because you do come out of any type of abusive situation, as you said, with PTSD and with fear. Um, you know, one of the fears that you come out of uh, strongly is a need to control, especially if you've been sexually abused, because you want to make sure that, that you stay safe and that doesn't happen again. So that can really have a, a large hindrance in how your, you know, your relationships as an adult, especially relationships with, um, with you know, with significant others. You, you don't want to be vulnerable and you just need to control situations. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's a really great point is that part of what makes you want to do is protect yourself and, of course, your loved ones, your own children, your own friends and family and associates because you know what horrible experiences those are. Then there's also corollary forms of abuse that happen. It's not just uh, sexual, of course, but it's also physical abuse, which is rampant, as well as verbal and emotional abuse of children, which also finds its way, as you mentioned, into adulthood and the workplace and so forth. And one of the most damaging aspects of that is that Verbal and emotional abuse is much more easily denied by somebody. It's much more difficult to prove. And supposing you come out with a charge of the, the sexual abuse against someone, then they all certainly will respond with verbal and emotional abuse, attacking your character, attacking your integrity, attacking you as a human being, again, depleting your self-worth and your self-image in order to get away with what they did. Yeah, absolutely. It's uh, we we unfortunately we live in a world where where people do not want to take responsibility for their actions. Um, right. So. Yeah, that's yeah, true. And you mentioned authenticity. I think that's very important. I spoke to some other authors about that very concept. I think more folks around the world are realizing that we must have integrity, authenticity, walk a higher path. We need to bring back the old sense of morality of doing the right thing. Find the golden rule, helping other people, showing respect for others, showing kindness, doing the right thing, and not just following the lower impulses and lower desires, which cause often ma- massive damage in relationships. Yeah, that's more about yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, go ahead. Uh, I was going to say, I agree with you completely. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. I spoke to Dr. John Smith, who wrote a book about uh, called The Authentic Man, of course, applies to women also, the idea of walking that higher path doing the right thing, you know, looking uh, to always help people lift them up, do your best never to harm anybody or step on somebody's toes. And that can be difficult to do because other people might attack you, insult you, throw various remarks at you, or drive very erratically in uh, you know, traffic, as we all know, which can invoke anger. So we live in a world of increasing hostility in some respects and even tribal thinking of one group against another. We haven't evolved beyond that stage yet. How do you see that, the tribal thinking? Well, that's the whole problem with uh, the state of the world. It's an us versus them mentality instead of a we mentality. So, you know, we're part of we're t- we're part of one humanity, and we're part of one what I call one body of God. And so, but what you see both in 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 all arenas, especially you know recently uh, last few years, and increasingly so, uh, is in the political arena is an us versus them mentality. So. You know, one of the chapters I have in the book is on truth, and I talk about relative truth, and I talk about an absolute truth. 
And so, you know, relative truth is where you're at in that moment and how you see things. And the the absolute truth or the higher truth, and this is what you were kind of referring to maybe with some of the the other authors, that the higher truth takes us to a a place where we're seeing more from a treetop perspective instead of having our nose against the bark of the tree at the base. Uh, You know, and so we see, like, okay, truth is not... You know, tr- truth is not uh, is not our beliefs, not our perceptions. Those are changeable. If we, if we look back and we see that um, we had, we can look back at any type of belief and we can see how it's changed over time as we've been given more information. So anything like that is variable, and that's not a higher truth. It's just a relative truth of how we see things in that moment. But we also have to understand that other people. What we, who we demonize, who we might demonize, might see the exact opposite position, and that's their their relative truth in that moment. So that's that is not. It's not like you have truth. One side has truth, and the other side doesn't have truth. Truth is much higher than that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's a very good point. I had a discussion recently with somebody about that very idea. Is that in the we often talk about the sphere of consciousness? You know, the mind as an energy field. And each person has their own, of course, perceptions, their own sense of reality, which we created ourselves through our experiences and whatnot, and we have various thoughts and emotions which are fixated at different levels of the mind, and various beliefs which are locked in place by often fixated emotions. And if those are negative emotions, they create very solid-type beliefs which are hard for a person to break, break through. But because of a self-fulfilling prophecy, what we think we project onto the world around us and that reflects back to us and reconfirms, aha, you see, I was right. So we think you were right constantly by a self-fulfilling aspect. So each person lives in that world of relative truth, as you mentioned, and believes it to be the truth. But in fact, there's a higher set of laws, a higher set of absolutes, or what might be called actualities, which also applies to the world of physics. You know, we know the universe, you know, we talk about uh, the God-created universe, but it also must follow the laws of mathematics at the highest level because everything is mathematical. And the first application of the physical world is physics. It goes down to chemistry, physical chemistry, organic chemistry. But the universe is mathematical in nature, which it must be because that's basically how things are constructed. And there are absolute laws which often transcend the level of human comprehension. So the idea is how do we get to those higher levels and help lift the whole world up towards those levels? When we all live in a relative truth, relative sphere of consciousness, how do we help the whole world illuminate and lift up to a higher level? I know it's a hard question. What do you think? Well, that's a great question, and you you pointed out a lot of good stuff in that uh, what you just said. So, you know, we are people do get into a uh, it's like a dog chasing its own tail uh, reality in terms of they never step out. They're continuing to reinforce the illusion because what they believe because we, because we are creators, what what we believe is what we create, and that's brought to us, and that reinforces the same belief that we have as opposed to stepping out of that. And so uh, we have to uh, we have to basically you know step out of that and come uh, to a greater understanding, as you were saying. And the, and the way that we do that is that we begin to uh, watch our triggers, our emotional reactions, and we see in what situations are we being triggered by something because. You know, one of the themes that I have running through the book strongly, and, and we're discussing this, is, is our belief systems and how they're created and, and basically what they do to us. And so 
Um, you know, Carl Jung, who was the father of analytical psychology, said that projection is one of the most common phenomenon. So, you know, we're usually not angry for the reasons we think. Behind anger is fear. It can be guilt. It can be, um, uh, you know, like sadness. Uh, we're usually judging others because it's a projection of our self-judgment or blaming others because it's a projection of our guilt. So if we can start to see how we're triggered in certain situations, because the universe is bringing us all of these experiences and these people and everything in our life to help us remember, grow, and evolve. And we have to look at it and understand it from that way. We're not being punished. We're being, like, asked to come into a greater understanding of our divinity and who we are. And so we get all these situations that come up, all these people, you know, they're triggering us, and we have to say, oh, okay, they're triggering this, you know, I'm projecting onto them, or they're triggering this in me, and this is the belief I have behind that, and this is the conditioning that created that. And it's you know it's either childhood conditioning, uh, or it's uh, you know societal conditioning, or it could be like workplace or community you know conditioning. But something, some kind of conditioning has created a belief, and then basically you're operating. You, you have an operating system within you, and what you want is you don't want that. You know, you don't want to have like a virus running underneath the surface. Unfortunately, a large majority of people have a virus under, running underneath the surface and it affects the operation of them. And so that's what we want to like. We want to delete the virus so we can see who we really are. Mm-hmm. I think I think it's well said. One of the things that first occurred to me many, many years ago, which led to the evolution of our for new theory called quantum field psychology is the idea that projections often involve in perception, as you mentioned. Young talked about that, and of course Freud and many others. And we find in mathematics there's a field called topology, which has to do with projecting from one space to another space. And it occurred to me, well, that's a nice metaphor to explain how projection works. And I found that having done, you know, psychotherapy for over 40 years with, you know, over 22,000 of these people, that projection is often involved in much of perception is projection. We have these own fixations inside of ourselves, part of the ego, which is lower emotions, which fixate and project it onto other people, onto the world. You brought up another interesting point that, a lot of points, in fact, and one, one fascinating thing is that think of a person who projects their delusions on, say, say A projects delusions onto B, B throws delusions back onto A. And there's this massive conflict between them where neither one of them fully understands the issue. So it leads to conflict, like anger, it could be violence, a number of different issues might evolve from that. Really, is a problem in the world, isn't it? I mean, that, that's <laughs> that's the whole problem in the world. It's basically, yeah. uh, you know, that's why that's why Socrates and Jesus and a bunch of really other enlightened people said, "Know thyself." So, you know, you want to know thyself. You want to know what is coming out of you that's false and being projected onto others, and what's false within you, so that you can basically say, "Oh, that's not that's not who I am." That's just that's just you know uh, I'm falsely believing something or I'm you know I'm just playing this role or this identity in in this earth reality but that's not who I really am. We're we're here to remember who we really are, and we have to come through. We have to really the emotions are are, are critical in determining how we are uh, you know operating here and what we're doing that's false and helping us to see where our triggers are and so. You know, certainly psychotherapy or other types of emotional therapy or just, you know, really witnessing yourself 
is, is the first priority in terms of being able to start to heal what's false within you. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Now, I think it's a great point is that a part of virtual all therapies really is to look at that. What, what are our fixations within? What are the emotional triggers, as you mentioned? How do we be aware of those? How do we see those coming up? We often arise through the concept of projection. We see somebody else that really exists inside of us that can make us angry or guilty or fearful or whatever. We need to step back from it, not engage in some negative dialogue with the other person. Stand back, take a look at it, see what's going on, and try to see it as an external observer. Helps us step back emotionally as much as we can, just look at it and try to figure out what's going on. Maybe talk to somebody about it for doing therapy to brainstorm the situation. To avoid this negative conflict, it just enhances it. Because what we think about, of course, we're constantly projecting what we feel, projecting into our physical body, which can produce dis-ease or disease, many other negative effects, and affect the world around us. So we're causing all kinds of negative consequences, which will then come back to us, which we have to pay for in some form or another, not realizing we're doing it to ourselves. How do you see that? Exactly. We're, we're, we're very powerful beings, and, uh, you know, the concept of basically the witnessing you're talking about, you know, stepping outside yourself is, is, is called, obviously, mindfulness. Um, and that's a practice that was very critical for me and still is. I mean, I, I try and be mindful in everything I'm doing every part of the day. I'm trying to pull my attention back to the center to see, um, you know, in the now, because in the now we are much more aware of who we really are and we see things from a, a true perspective, and we're not in fear. Okay, great. Yeah, that's, I think it's a really great, great point. A lot of interesting co- concepts coming out today and ideas. You're of Lawrence Duchin, and Lawrence, I think you have like great ideas, great, great concepts you put together. When we come back, I want to talk about, refer to in your book, some of the higher mind aspects. I want to get into those. The higher states of consciousness, which, as you just mentioned, you know, when you go into mindfulness, you have a greater access to being aware of who we really are, our true nature, not the delusional ego self, but shifting into a higher state. It's really a profound thing. We think the entire world I've been from working on, if we get a lot of folks working around the world in these concepts and start creating more connections among different cultures and people and languages and belief systems, we can universalize somehow these concepts cross-culturally, might lead to a lot of great results. In the case, folks, this is Dr. Ron Darrell with Mind Shock. We'll be back in a few minutes with... Larry Dushin, and thanks. Don't go away, folks. We'll be right back. Do you ever wonder how the mind works? The Endless Question, a film by Dr. Ron Dalrymple, shows you a new theory of mind one that bridges the road between spirituality and science while revealing to you the laws of creativity, things that can open up your mind to limitless possibilities. It is literally a theory that changes everything, and once you know it, you can apply it to your own life. View The Endless Question for free on Amazon Prime. The Endless Question on Amazon Prime. ASMC, the premier German company that supplies everything for adventure, from outdoor clothes to outdoor gear, even backpacks. Lots of quality and lots of specials. To start your adventure, go to HealthyLife.net's advertiser page and click on ASMC. Paradise Found 2015 is a film that sparks of intrigue about the discovery of quantum field psychology. 
Throw in a sexy spy story, a conflict between father and son against the backdrop of NASA, and interspersed with World War II flashback combat scenes, and you'll be surprised to discover the foundation of a whole new theory of mind. Rent or buy Paradise Lost 2015 at Amazon.com and prepare for the explosive conclusion. That's Paradise Lost 2015 at Amazon.com. Reach your health and fitness goals. Whether you want to lose weight, learn to dance, build muscle, or just live healthy, Beachbody gives you unlimited access to the nation's most popular fitness and weight loss solutions. Visit our advertiser page and click on Beachbody now. A complete mind development course, The Inner Manager by Dr. Ron Dalrymple, helps you develop your concentration, memory, imagination, and more, all to help you program your mind towards success. But it's not a boring read. You are taken on a journey with a young man who is trying to start his own business and immerses himself into a journey of self-discovery. A powerful book that you can read again and again. Get The Inner Manager by Dr. Ron Dalrymple at Amazon.com. The Inner Manager at Amazon.com. Remember, positive impact. www.healthylife.net. Dr. Ryan Dalrymple with Mind Shock. Our guest today is Larry Dushin with some fascinating concepts from his book, A Book on Fear. Talking about a lot of great ideas and insights he's had. Larry, how you doing? Welcome back. Uh, thank you for having me back. I'm glad to be uh, here. Great pleasure, great pleasure. Yeah. And I, I wanted to start talking about something you referred to in your book, which I find very fascinating. That's the idea that there's a higher mind within us, that there's more of a divine mind which can be referred to as either a Christ consciousness or a Buddha consciousness, some refer to it as, or a Krishna consciousness, whatever. But the idea there's a much higher self within us, which is our true nature. Can you tell us, please, about how you see that? So the vast majority of people walking the earth are operating through a consciousness that's a very limited consciousness, and that's what we can call the egoic mind, the personality. And so that's an important part of uh, we need that tool that's a tool for us but it should only be a tool it should not basically be what's driving the boat um, unfortunately that, that that is driving the boat for most people but one of the things I um, talk about in the book a little bit is the hologram and, and how everything most quantum physicists believe that everything is a hologram and so when we're seeing through the ego lens, we're seeing just a very small slice of that hologram, whereas everything, everything in the universe is contained in each part of the, of the, of the, of the universe. So that's the holographic concept. But when we, when we start to uh, witness ourselves, we begin to see that there is a greater mind that is operating within us. And we, and as we do that, more of that, we become more attuned to that, and we operate more from that space. And the first thing that you can do once you start to be mindful is, you know, the first question that can come up is like, what part of me is being mindful? What part of me is witnessing my own thoughts? Because that's, you know, that's a, it's, it, I, I call it a different part. We're all 
a whole, but it's basically for for ease of conversation, I'm, we call them parts. So that's a different part of you, and that is the part of you where God is God. You know, we can call that God, Christ consciousness, uh, Buddha consciousness, universal consciousness. You know. Uh, whatever you want to call it. And, and, and I do talk a lot about in the book or in one chapter about let's not get caught up on labels here in terms of, you know, because a lot of people have been conditioned by certain religions and everything. So whatever terminology I'm using can be applied. You can use whatever terminology you want. But the point is is that there is a, a different consciousness that expresses in and through us. And so, and that is the purpose of, us being on this planet is to have that experience of coming, uh, of, of evolving, growing, remembering, and coming back to a recognition of this divine consciousness that is basically having an experience of itself, divine, you know, so when, when we're talking, um, you know, we're having this conversation, and if we can get to the right space, or, or at a certain, you know, even if we're not conscious of it, at a certain level, the divine is my, my, and I say mine, but that's just again for certain terminology. But my divine is interacting with your divine, so it's all one divine. But the divine is meeting itself, and when we, and so why do we want to do this? We want to do this because this is basically why we came here to be on this planet. But it also completely takes us out of the fear state of the ego, puts us in. Uh, a, a state of great joy, a state of great gratitude, a state of great peace, and you know there's not a that's, there's not a better place to be. And you know that's why Jesus said the kingdom is is within us because that divine mind is within us, and so we've got to stop all the outside chatter and we've got to just redirect inside of us and and, and know what's in there. Right, that's great. I think it's very well said. Yeah, there's many ancient texts going back, not just through uh, the New Testament and the Old Testament, but also to many ancient metaphysical texts which say basically the same thing. We have a divine presence inside us, and the purpose of life is to evolve from the, the ego mind, the everyday conscious mind, into that higher state of mind. We talk about in quantum field psychology the idea to download from the super mind or super conscious mind or divine mind into the ego mind. So you create more of a one-to-one correspondence, which takes some work, of course. You might call it the constant conscious communion with God, with the divine. So you're always in contact. You know, Christ talked about always, you know, pray unseasonally. That's what he meant, was being in constant contact. No matter what the external world throws at you in all its delusional sense and projects onto you, we try to not react to that, but stay focused on that higher presence, that higher concept. So we're always in touch with it. That energy always flows through us. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, see that. So, you, 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 you're talking to me. I'm sorry, I didn't know if you. Yeah. So, uh, okay. So, uh, yeah. I mean, that, that's very well said. Uh, basically, when Jesus said pray without ceasing, he wasn't talking about actually do a physical prayer, be saying a physical prayer all the time. What he was saying was be in communion with that divine consciousness within right. each of us all of the time, um, mm-hmm. because that is our that's our purpose here, and that is. Uh, you know that that is uh, that that is a purpose that is that is much greater than any worldly purpose that we can seek. That doesn't mean that we should go live in a cave in the Himalayas. It means that we should 
express the divine in everything that we do, whether that's washing the dishes or whether that is, you know, running, being CEO, CEO of a large corporation, whether that means counseling somebody or receiving counseling, whether that means, you know, whatever we're doing in any relationship, we should be slowing down, recognizing the divine in everything and everyone and operating from that space. Mm-hmm. I think it's great. That's a great idea. So we keep that in our minds at all times through all things we do to do, think about that constant conscious communion in everything we physically do or how we talk to people, how we run a business, driving, whatever it might be, how we treat and think about ourselves and how we treat and think about other people. We keep that in mind so we perceive the world through the understanding that we have that divine presence inside us so we're not just some physical object. And that, of course, is the the horror story of childhood when we're abused by somebody, whether it be sexually, physically, verbally, emotionally, whatever it might be, that demeans the individual and gives them various mental constructs and emotional fixations, which make them demean themselves as a matter of habit. We often see in doing therapy, some folks get stuck in these, these mind spaces where they remain for their entire lives unless they learn how to break out of it, which is a great tragedy. So imagine going through life and not realizing what you have inside you is the greatest gift of the kingdom. It's kind of like, suppose you live in a house, and inside that house there's this vault which has, well, let's say beyond gold and silver and the greatest treasures in the universe are right there inside that house, and you live right there, and you're not aware of it, and you spend your entire life never having looked inside that vault. It becomes a metaphor for the fact we have inside us something far greater than obviously physical wealth. It's something infinitely greater that divine presence, which has great powers and abilities and skills and whatnot, it can achieve tremendous things. We're going to take a break in a moment. I'd like to get back and come back, talk to you about what some of our powers and abilities are, and how we might tap into those and bring those forth to help transform this world, this tribal world, which greatly needs transforming. So, folks, we're here today with Larry Dushin, some great, great concepts on his new book, A Book on Fear. Dr. Ron Dyer-Rumpel with Mind Shock. We'll be back in a few moments. So hang on, folks. We'll be right back. Here's a fun, stimulating program that can teach you how to develop your own powers of creation. It uses a three-part mind, stimulating approach to get you to develop your own creative thinking. It will help you create a powerful self-image and helps you see how you can take creative action. You'll develop your thinking power and your skills, and you can do this in eight days. Get Dr. Ron Dalrymple's book, Eight Days to Creative Power, on Amazon.com. Overcome your problems with this step-by-step guide. So get Eight Days to Creative Power on Amazon.com. Get high-quality glasses, sunglasses, and prescription lenses at eyeglasses.com. Choose from over 250,000 items and 400 brands. Already have frames? Get replacement lenses. It's easy. Go to our advertiser page and click eyeglasses.com. A complete mind development course, The Inner Manager by Dr. Ron Dalrymple, helps you develop your concentration, memory, imagination, and more, all to help you program your mind towards success. But it's not a boring read. You are taken on a journey with a young man who is trying to start his own business and immerses himself into a journey of self-discovery. A powerful book that you can read again and again. Get The Inner Manager by Dr. Ron Dalrymple at Amazon.com. The Inner Manager at Amazon.com. 
Reach your health and fitness goals. Whether you want to lose weight, learn to dance, build muscle, or just live healthy, Beachbody gives you unlimited access to the nation's most popular fitness and weight loss solutions. Visit our advertiser page and click on Beachbody now. Do you ever wonder how the mind works? The Endless Question, a film by Dr. Ron Dalrymple, shows you a new theory of mind, one that bridges the road between spirituality and science while revealing to you the laws of creativity, things that can open up your mind to limitless possibilities. It is literally a theory that changes everything, and once you know it, you can apply it to your own life. View The Endless Question for free on Amazon Prime. The Endless Question on Amazon Prime. HealthyLife.net, the positive radio network. Hello, folks. Back again, Dr. Ryan Dalrymple with Mind Shocks. Today we have Larry Dushin, great author of a tremendous book, A Book on Fear, and a fascinating discussion today about the things he's uncovered and come up with. Larry, really great stuff. How you doing? Welcome back. Thank you for having me back. Well, it's our great pleasure to have you here. I want to pick up again with the idea, we're just talking about the fact that there is a, a higher self, a divine presence inside all of us, a Christ consciousness or a Buddha consciousness or a Krishna consciousness, whatever somebody wants to think of it as, but a higher self, a high energy, high frequency type self, which is our real self, which is always there. And the more we tune into it, the more we bring that forth into our lives and it can achieve great things. I want to ask your thoughts about that. From your experience and your observations and whatnot, and you're meditating upon this, what are some examples of things that we as individuals can do upon this earth, and what can we also do collectively to help transform this planet? Please tell us about well, that. I, mean, I, think you, yeah, I think you can look back in history and see some of the things that some of the, you know, enlightened masters uh, have done, like starting with Jesus, creating miracles, um, and, you know, but also, and certainly a number of others, you know, like in India and so forth, have done certain things. But I think you can also look to see when you get out of the way and you want to be fully of service, how that can manifest in a ways that are just, you know, amazing uh, for the world, and and that can be. Uh, let's look at somebody like you know Mother Teresa or Martin Luther King Jr. And and you know so somebody like Mother Teresa was you could say just from a physical standpoint her scope was limited in what she was doing because she was just treating, you know she she was ministering to a certain a small segment of a huge population in India, but. From an, what I call an energetic standpoint, she was changing the world because she was putting out a vibration of love. She was reinforcing, basically, as Jesus told us, God is love. And I know that to be very true from the bottom of my heart and from all my experiences. And so, uh, and that's the vibration that we want to be in. And we, um, and, and when we, so like somebody like Mother Teresa, she was basically reinforcing that vibration of love. Martin Luther King Jr. was reinforcing the vibration of love, um, you know, by, by what he did, Gandhi, Jesus. So, you know, when we get out of the way and want to serve, and the reason we want to serve is because we are so grateful for our lives and for our creation by God, and so we want to be of service because being that is actually in our 
divine DNA, so to speak, the, the wanting to serve, to help the whole. And you can see how that's manifested in some amazing individuals who have walked the earth throughout history. Mm-hmm. I think it's a great point, great, great insight, that one of the great keys, what I would call even a supermind talent or quality we've talked about in other shows, is the idea of super love or divine love, which means spiritual love, of course, pure love for other people, for all of humankind, the desire to help other people, to lift other people up. And what we project out has even been called by some metaphysical texts as divinely selfish in a way because you're also helping yourself. Well, that's not the objective. The objective is to help other people, lift them up, but also helps you because it raises your own vibration to a much higher level. When you stay in that state of consciousness and then keep reminding yourself as you need to through mindfulness or other books, going back many years ago, a book called Be Here Now talks about that, going back to the origins of experimental psychology, Wilhelm Wundt, 1879 talked about uh, structuralism. He had one technique called introspection. Where you look at your thoughts, try to understand your thoughts, then it got pushed aside by behaviorism and whatnot and other approaches. But we keep going back historically, and also goes back to Aristotle, Socrates, and Plato, the idea of looking at thoughts and whatnot and the influence they have. So there's been a consciousness of this going back thousands of years and perhaps far, way further back than we can imagine to you know, vast antiquities we haven't uh, yet rediscovered, where the same concepts were known, but they were suppressed by various societies and various tyrannical systems who were threatened by the fact that when people wake up to a higher state, it threatens the power base. And this keeps happening throughout history, is that these movements come along, people tune back into that, but I think we've got to do it once and for all, like you were saying, awaken the entire planet by many more people tuning the idea of divine love, project divine love as best you can all the time, for yourself as a divine being, and for other people, and see the divinity inside them. It's like the ancient concept of namaste. I suit the divinity inside you. So we constantly think that way, project those, those energies, those vibrations. That alone helps people. Like you said, it's an energetic process. So that alone helps lift the world up. How do you see that? Uh, I mean, absolutely. The one thing I would add to that is that, and uh, this is what I cover in the book extensively, is you know, somebody that, let's say, off the street, off the street, so to speak, who's a, who is not really aware of a lot of these concepts, you have to first start with, uh, you have to remove what is false within them before they can know that they're divine and they can feel this at an experiential level. It's not going to, when you have all these false beliefs and conditioning that is part of you and that's stored, you know, that's psychological and it's also cellular, uh, you have to, work those off so that you can basically reveal that diamond within. But that is the, I believe that is the evolutionary path that, that the vast majority are on. And that's that's what we're being called to do right now in terms of uh, looking at all of these collective issues uh, and, and, and individual, obviously, individually everything is so different for people in terms of uh, some of the difficulties that they're coming up with. Certainly, you know, I, I, I like to say that God uses everything as manna. So certainly, like, uh, the pandemic has been manna for a lot of people. Some people have taken it and used it as manna, and others have just resisted it. And so my suggestion is is that we don't want to keep resisting things because resistance ends us up in suffering. This This process is going to happen for us individually, 
and collectively, regardless of what we choose from an ego level to resist or not do. So we might as well flow with the river of life instead of getting trying to like fight the current because when we fight the current, we get bashed up against the rocks and we get bloodied. So, you know, it, it, we, we need to surrender to the process and know that there is a higher good that's happening for us both individually and collectively and that we can't really understand everything that's happening. Only, you know, the divine has that full perspective, but we can understand that we're being taken care of and that um, there is a very positive thing happening that's going to happen on, on the back end. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's true. We have to work through a lot of stuff first to get to the point where we can recognize the fact that there is divinity within. A lot of folks are not to that point, and you can't exactly shock them awake into it. You know, we often ponder the idea, how can we awaken the world overnight? Is it possible? That, well, maybe it is. But generally the approach is that we work one person at a time or one group or putting out books, putting out films, doing, making various efforts to share the ideas, and gradually there's an increase of people who become aware there's something much greater inside us. We are all connected to each other and to that higher source. So when you do harm somebody, you also harm yourself. So it's always best to do the right thing, walk the higher path, be authentic, use integrity, be honest, truthful, do all the good things you can. It sounds like, you know, kumbaya around a campfire holding hands. Yeah, it used to be made fun of as an idea back in the 60s and 70s, but it really is true. It takes that spirit of connection with each other and with that higher source from a point of sincerity and authenticity and integrity. It's going to take time, no doubt, but on the other hand, it can also happen a lot more quickly than what we might think. Due to the stress in the world and the chaos, a lot of folks can look at that and absorb that and realize, hey, we have to go in a different direction. We've got to wake up. There's that push. How do you feel about that? I, I think that's what's happening. I, I think that, you know, uh, stressful situations produce uh, extraordinary results, and unfortunately, we didn't have to necessarily get to this point, but by the choices that we've made individually and collectively, we've gotten to this point, and we were, as I said in the afterward of the book, we're, we're basically we're going off a cliff, and so we can't go off the cliff. You know, we've got to uh, take a look at uh, all the things that are happening and individually make changes in ourselves so that we can add to the collective, uh, you know, to the collective whole. And once we start to see, just to reinforce your point, once we start to see the divinity within us, we'll see the divinity within other people. And then from from that space, we will never again act out of in, in, uh, non-integrity. We won't act out, you know, we won't lie, we won't try and cheat somebody, we won't try and, you know, uh, take power and have power over somebody. We won't do the things because we do realize that that is completely out of our divinity, and also we are doing that to ourselves because we are one. Exactly, exactly. Well, Larry, we've come to the end of our segment here, so I'd like to give the audience a chance to uh, find out where, where can they find you, where can they find their, your works and contact you. So the easiest way to, to go is to go to a bookonfear.com, and that will forward to my website. My website's lawrenceduchin.com, but you can go to a bookonfear.com, and you can access uh, to, to buy the book on my website uh, to Amazon, which is and it's also Barnes and Noble and all the online publications. But basically, just a bookonfear.com is the best way to get into it. 
Okay, well, sounds great. Well, Larry, thanks a million for being here. We appreciate talking to you. Best of luck on your, your book and your other books and your works coming out. And we'll enjoy talking to you. I enjoy talking to you, Dr. Ron. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. All right, Larry, thanks a lot. Take care. God bless. All right, same to you. Paradise Found 2015 is a film that sparks of intrigue about the discovery of quantum field psychology. Throw in a sexy spy story, a conflict between father and son against the backdrop of NASA, and interspersed with World War II flashback combat scenes, and you'll be surprised to discover the foundation of a whole new theory of mind. Rent or buy Paradise Lost 2015 at Amazon.com and prepare for the explosive conclusion. That's Paradise Lost 2015 at Amazon.com. If you want USA and worldwide car rentals, choose rentacar.com. Free cancellations on most bookings, no hidden charges. They are trusted by over 4 million customers. Visit our advertiser page and click on the Rent-A-Car banner. Do you ever wonder how the mind works? The Endless Question, a film by Dr. Ron Dalrymple, shows you a new theory of mind, one that bridges the road between spirituality and science while revealing to you the laws of creativity things that can open up your mind to limitless possibilities. It is literally a theory that changes everything, and once you know it, you can apply it to your own life. View The Endless Question for free on Amazon Prime. The Endless Question on Amazon Prime. This is Jack Maher from the band Feed the Kitty. It's important to support the artists you love, and you can do that and get something authentic for yourself. Rock.com has the most coveted, licensed merchandise of music, culture, and entertainment. So go to the advertiser page and click on Rock.com now. Quantum Field Psychology 2nd Edition is an astounding book on the new theory of mind. It is the first unified field theory that incorporates the influence of the mind and emotion on physical reality, the universe, and even other minds. It actually integrates all modern psychology with quantum physics, mathematics, Western, and Eastern spiritual beliefs. It's the true bridge between science and spirituality. Get your copy of Quantum Field Psychology, second edition, by Dr. Ron Dalrymple on Amazon.com. Radio your way. HealthyLife.net. Dr. Ron Dalrymple back with Mind Shock. We just had Larry Dushin on with his great book, A Book on Fear, which he talked about. We had a great discussion about uh, the idea of fear and various fixations of thoughts and emotions. We also covered that, of course, in quantum field psychology. Like we often fixate on various false beliefs and negative emotions early in childhood, which might come from abusive relationships. It might be sexual, physical, verbal, or emotional abuse which causes the individual to form a negative self-image, a low self-esteem, which then creates a constellation of consciousness, which is much more negative and also self-restrictive and tends to be very self-defeating. So one of the first things we do in therapy is help folks understand we have to start rebuilding the self-image and the improve the self-esteem to overcome those fixations and start undoing all the things we mislearned in childhood. 
so we can approach life in a much more positive way. It ties into cognitive behavior mod plus lots of other techniques that have been evolved over the last century, help individuals do this. What's happening now is an awakening around the world to something far greater inside us, more of a super mind or a super consciousness, which can be referred to as a Christ consciousness, a Buddha consciousness, or a Krishna consciousness. This is being expressed and written about by many folks around the world, the general awakening that we are much more than just physical beings, but rather divine beings. And what we showed in quantum field psychology is that there is a way, and also in our, our film, The Endless Question, to our documentary, Free on Amazon Prime, that there is a way to connect up spiritual and scientific thought. The way it makes perfect sense, the idea that we are spiritual beings and there's a scientific connection showing that makes perfect sense. There's not a contradiction between science and spirit as has been believed for the last several hundred years as people fought against these ideas. Quantum psychology is also a bridge theory which ties together science and spirit, which shows they, they connect up and make perfect sense. It's also a theory of everything because for a theory of everything, you must incorporate the spiritual concepts, many approaches of that, trying to explain the universe and its origin and so forth, leave out the spiritual, which makes no sense at all. It's like trying to describe matter, but understanding that energy is really what com composes matter. All matter is certain forms of energy. In any case, there's an awakening happening around the world, a new revolution, a new renaissance, really. We'll talk more about that in the future, about the previous renaissance and some of the major components of that. People made that happen. What's happening now around the world is a whole new renaissance, a whole new set of ideas which are changing the world, which must change the world. We must get beyond the tribal thinking of the past, which is self-defeating. We must get beyond the wars, the depressions, the constantly attacking each other, the negativity, and evolve to a higher state where the entire world embraces more the ideas. There's something greater within us, so we start to communicate with each other and connect up at this much higher level. That's how we have to transform the world. That's the only way that can work. It's tied into his higher spiritual ideas. I realized this back when I was 19 years old, as I mentioned at NASA, that there's a whole new theory of mind that if you look at Thomas Young's work in 1801, the uh, double slit experiment, where he showed that light traveling through space acts as, uh, travels as a wave, was later shown it interacts with matter as uh, particles, that the same concepts apply to thought energy and the emotional aspects of thought energy that we send out thought waves, which then explains all these spiritual ideas. We also show it ties into consciousness and our creativity upon the world around us. We are really energy beings or spiritual beings inside the physical body. So one of our first books about this is called Eight Days of Creative Power, about how to tap into your creative powers within, how to use your cognitive processes, your thinking processes, which includes mindfulness, be here now, and also using your emotions, how to focus your emotions, how to amplify those in positive directions, and also how to change your behavior so you're always doing creative things, tapping into those higher powers within to make yourself much more creative in life. The next book is called The Inner Manager, which is a short course in mind development where this individual young man goes on a journey to create his own business and meets this brilliant woman who owns this corporation, shaped like a, it's in a building shaped like a pyramid where he goes up these different levels or tiers or higher states symbolically of consciousness, learns all this, many of the skills in the mind and how to develop the mind like creativity, imagination, memory, and so forth, how to use your forces to make things happen. Next book is called I Love You, God, a book of aphorisms or statements of a positive nature to connect the conscious mind to the higher mind, the divine mind. We do this daily. It helps that download we talked about from the super mind or super conscious mind into the ego mind. It's a much more powerful connection. So that energy is always flowing through you, which makes you much more creative, successful, healthy. A whole host of benefits come from that. The next book is Quantum Field Psychology, 
Syria Road up in the Naviano, in fact, a beautiful place up in the Alps in Italy, northern Italy. It, was, it came out in 2004, which expresses the theory scientifically of quantum field psychology. And so large physicists, mathematicians, engineers, medical doctors, those who have a strong science and math background. So then we made a film called The Endless Question, a two-hour documentary, where we interviewed a bunch of folks in this field who understand how the mind does function as energy, how it applies to their, their fields, how can it be developed. We draw parallels to the work of Nikolai Tesla. He made a number of comments very similar to quantum field psychology. We said that to understand the universe, you must study energy, frequency, and vibration. He was exactly right. And then the world's making more progress now than it's made before because it's all finally coming together. I mentioned talking to Larry that what happens is there's been a lot of suppression of these ideas throughout history. I think we're at a point now where we've hit a critical mass. The world is waking up these higher concepts, and it has to do this now because the world apparently people destroyed themselves before and prior civilizations been around the earth and self-destructed. We have to avoid it this time and get beyond that. So it's time for the world to wake up, start working together as a team. We're seeing these greater powers inside all of us. So, folks, please go out, read books, study, think about these ideas, share them with other people. Think about namaste. I salute the divinity inside you, inside other people. Treat other people with authenticity, integrity, respect, and kindness. Understand we all have great powers within us. We talked to Larry about one of the super mind powers is super love or supreme love, divine love for all people all beings, for all entities. If you raise plants, if you love, love your plants, they grow a lot faster and a lot more effectively. If you love your animals, they respond as well. If you love people in your life, they respond as well. If you must love yourself as well for better health and well-being. So, folks, we're coming to the end today. It's been a lot of fun talking to Larry Dushin. Please check out his book. Check out our books on Amazon and also our film, The Endless Question, which is free on Amazon Prime. Great talking to you. Please join us again next week with Dr. Ron Darrymple on Mind Shock. See you then.